the breaking up of Caius was perfectly timed. Um, everybody was very... It was just the right time to do it before it got bad, before people got on each other's nerves, before the music got compromised. Ca Caius broke itself up and uh, now is more of a legend, you know? It's nice, nicer that way. Speaking of uh, Danzig, he's coming to Cleveland. I sent you that, right? Rather kill myself and go to Cleveland. <laughs> uh, who was it all? Behemoth. Oh yeah. Midnight. Behemoth and Midnight. And then who was the other one? And then Danzig. They were all good. Oh, Twin Temple. I mean, so I think we should try to go to that if we can. Most of them could fucking headline a show themselves. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Midnight missed, so I still need to see Midnight. Almost bought oh, a Midnight yeah. record in Richmond, actually. Yeah? I had one. It was like 20 bucks, but I had to make some hard decisions, and I'm better for it. <laughs> Probably not, because I put it on my credit card. But I got Amazon points now. Oh, yeah? You're doing that, too? Oh, always have, always will. <laughs> Capital One, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you get that free... Uh... Every now and then you get 20 bucks and get a free record. Exactly. Or I got, I think, $15 off of uh, my copy of Diablo 4. Uh, well, that's right. I order bulk lube from there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only place to get it in bulk anymore. I mean, I, at least at a reasonable price. They stopped selling it at Costco or Sam's Club, whatever. Fucking assholes. I hate them. Yeah. So they used to call me Slippy Cock. <laughs> Good old slippy cack. All right, everybody, welcome to the inaugural episode of All Abandoned, a rock and metal podcast. And no, this isn't a geology podcast. It's a music podcast. Not that rock and metal. Though I do have a minor in geology. It's true. Got a real doctor in the house. Rock doctor. I can deliver babies <laughs> outside. <laughs> As long as the uh, mother is the earth and the baby is a piece of porcelain, or perhaps an arrowhead? No, I've delivered babies. Like, in a truck? No, like, out For of a... For DoorDash? Out of a human. Oh, yeah? Tell me more. <laughs> Can't lie to me, bitch. <laughs> All right. So we're here. It's a little thing we're doing. Uh, I am Jesse Van Racknett, and I am joined by my best pal... B-Man. One B-Man. Do you want to you, you go by the full name or do you just want to be B-Man? B-Man. Just B-Man. Be the man, B-Man. Be the man, B-Man. Or you want to be B-Man Cole or just B-Man? <laughs> be the man. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be cool. <laughs> uh, so I figure we'll get warmed up, as we have been, by just talking about like some concerts, recent purchases. I know you just got back from a work trip and you, you were excited to... Tell me about the record store you went to and how it was apparently better than Ides here in Pittsburgh, where we are recording. Yeah, vinyl. Tell me about that. Vinyl Conflict in Richmond. It was cool as hell. They had amazing selection of 
black metal, metal, heavy metal, punk, stoner metal, everything you want, I want, and you probably want, in a store. (laughs) I've seen, there was stuff there that I I thought I'd never see in the wild. Agalock, The Mantle, amazing album. One of the best. A little, little too steep for this guy, though. This shit isn't paying for him, paying for it yet. Uh, you said it was, what, $75? $75, and unfortunately, I got to say, it's probably worth it. Probably. But yeah, I, did come a, I did come away with Ride With Death by Speedwolf, uh, oh, yeah. 2011 album. Oh, yeah. One off. They have a couple singles, and figured I'd never find another one of those again, so had to buy that. Excellent mix of like hardcore punk and just motorhead, just driving drums, driving guitar. Driving drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, too, whenever you said vinyl conflict, for some reason, my brain, I thought vinyl solution. Why isn't isn't there a vinyl? (laughs) Why isn't there a record shop called Vinyl Solution? (laughs) I think you know. I know. I think you know. All right, Pantera. Would be funny, though. (laughs) <laughs> pan tampon i am metal yeah that's cool uh anything else you got there oh uh, well i picked up a copy of uh, the damn machine gun etiquette one of oh, probably yeah. my favorite punk album of all time mm-hmm. um you gifted me that a couple years ago yeah um let's see i got kaya's blues for the red sun oh yeah yeah wink wink i got the Shrine Bless Off. I don't even know how to describe them. It's just rocking. Sounds like it's from a different era. It doesn't seem like it was released in 2019. Speaking of Caius, uh, that was my most recent record purchase as well, was uh, In the Circus Leaves Town. And uh, on that, that is today's topic. We're here to cover Caius, but we're going to keep talking about what we've been listening to. Well, shit, let's just talk about uh, some of the concerts we've been to and uh, something that's coming up. Now, unfortunately, or fortunately, this week, you were telling me, you reminded me, because I didn't know, big T-Swift concert coming up here in the Berg. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're all here for that. I got my tickets. I'm going to go slithering around the North Shore. I'm going to s- try to slurp some money off some Swifties, get a few beers, slurping maybe have a couple a sw- smokes. <laughs> slurping a Swiftie. <laughs> yeah, so we got um, we got floor tickets uh, about twenty five hundred dollars a piece. We're no, we're, we're not going. We're not going. I don't have that much money <laughs> in my bank account. <laughs> not for that. Most expensive concert I know of anyone going to. I, th- I think my mom has spent like t- at least two hundred on Elton John, which you know it's Elton John, but eh, I wouldn't spend that much for anybody. I don't think. I went. To, I went to an Elton John one in uh, Philadelphia. I didn't pay for it. That's why I went. Fantastic. Do you do the one about his bitch mom? My mom? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The bitch is back. Oh, someone played that for my mom at my brother's (laughs) wedding. (laughs) Really? Yeah. No shit. She is a bitch. Uh, If you're listening, uh, B-Man's mom, it's not true. You're lovely. Made a delicious Easter dinner. That we got really drunk at and then went to see Morbid Angel. Yeah. On that holiest of nights. Oh, yeah. Very, very appropriate day to see Morbid Angel for us. Of course, that was at Jurgles on Easter of this year. Yeah, this uh, podcast, at least the topic week to week, this 
we're trying to be more evergreen about it, though we are going to talk about shows, and that'll be, of course, dated or concerts that we've been to or are coming up. But the topic at hand, uh, listeners, is evergreen. So if you don't like this shit, you can just skip right to the topic. We'll have timestamps. But yeah, so we saw Morbid Angel at Jurgles and Warrendale. Before that, we saw Life of Agony there. Terrific. Fantastic. Just don't go to House of a Thousand Beers in Warrendale before the show. Yeah, I don't do that. If you want, it was awful. If you want food and beer, do not go there. Well, I got free beer there because I just took it out of the cooler because the bartender wouldn't serve me. Yeah, 10 minutes later when she came over to us, took all of our drink orders, and then just ignored you. <laughs> <laughs> just like you and uh, wedding invitations, you also get ignored for those two. I seemingly. was looking good. I don't know. And then uh, what, what beer did you steal there from the House of a, a Thousand Corpses? Wasn't that the million dollar question? One of my personal favorites. Mm. Voodoo Lacto Cooler. Lacto Cooler. Berliner Weiss. Kind of, kind of hits you like a little sour, but it's got some of that lactate in it. A little tart, a little tart, but milky and good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's one of our favorites. Nice and green. It's like the kind of shit that the fucking Ninja Turtles swam around and became sentient. Well, I couldn't have done it without that rat. Don't forget. Um, That's why I have you. Speaking of jurgles, I was going to go to Pat Travers on Sunday, snorting whiskey and drinking cocaine. But then my dad couldn't go. I was going to go with him. And then... So I didn't go. The same night, Death Angel played somewhere. Can't remember where. Oh, that death angel. Oh, yeah, that's right. I missed that. Cousin Jamie went to that. I thought about going to that since I wasn't going to Travers, but uh, I think I just played Diablo 4 instead. But uh, besides that, coming up in Johnstown, uh, June 27th, is Devin Townsend in Dream Theater. That's my birthday. What? I'm going to be there on your birthday. I'm going to be in South Hill, Virginia, hating my life on my birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Birthing all those rocks or, or helping... The birth, the joke about the birthing and the Shut delivering, the up. delivering porcelain. That's it. You're going to be there delivering uh, porcelain from the from the womb of the earth. I'm going to be digging holes and sweating. Cool. I'm going to get really drunk that night and get, be really hungover for the next day of work. I can't wait. Maybe eat some pork belly nachos. Ooh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Nacho Man Ravage. They call me Nacho Man Brendan Ravage. Yeah. So. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. I'm in a new house now, and we lived together for over a year and never did this, but we're doing it now, so that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> so we have a lot to catch up we were on. We're too busy listening to the music and getting drunk. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, besides Life of Agony, Morbid Angel, uh, we went to a little, a little place in Youngstown, Ohio a couple times. Westside Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Uh, most recently, we saw Bongzilla there. Bongzilla was there. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. They kick ass. Um, you know me. I love my my sludge. Yeah, you do. Slow creeping sludge. Turning Bef- me onto it a little bit. Before that, I saw Daikeju there. If any of you listeners out there have never heard of Daikeju, I suggest checking them out. They're a little surfy punk outfit coming from Mississippi, I believe. No vocals, all instrumental. Excellent surf punk. Wear kabuki masks the whole time. No one communicates with, like, language and shit. They just do hand signals to everybody and to each other in the crowd. Um, Then they uh, always top it off by setting their instruments on fire and ripping. 
like farting, like on the flames of the instruments. I, I thought about it, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was I was there with a girl, so I I didn't want to introduce that. Or, oh, you couldn't rip? Yet. No, not yet. You're not on the ripping uh, term yet. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, you said they were dancing around on the bars and shit too. Oh yeah, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. They uh, went up, brought their instruments over to the bar. The drummer had people in the crowd just holding his drum kit up while he stood on the bar playing at another point a couple of that took a took a breather and they went into the back room and they just gave their instruments out to people in the crowd and had just random folks absolutely shredding and it was super fucking cool i've never seen anything like it they didn't even play on the stage they just put a big rug down on the floor (laughs) and that's where they played that's awesome. They were the headlining band, like that kind of a uh, audience um, interaction. Interaction reminds me of uh, Green Jello when I saw them a couple times because uh, Bill Manspeaker always brings all the paper mache masks and gives them out to everybody. And oh, that's cool! And everyone in the crowd gets to wear the masks. And and I think I, I think someone stole one after I saw them in Indiana at fucking Wolfendales. I think they played Green yeah, Jello. Played there in Indiana, the home mm-hmm. of the famous Country Night. Yeah, oh yeah, home of the Indiana Country Night. That's right. Oh my you know, god, Indiana, PA, home of IUP, of course. Uh, our alma mater. I think I I went there once and I drank an entire bottle of champagne by myself. <laughs> Did you get in the uh, dancing uh, cages? If I would have seen them, I would have been in there. <laughs> no, I, I believe it. Don't I know it? Uh, which is actually funny because before that they played it. Some like older couples, like recreational, ve- like venue thing, like in their backyard in like the middle of Blairsville. And that was like a year or two prior to them playing at Wolfie's in Indiana. <laughs> it was very strange. <laughs> I can't world even tell you- renowned musicians, and they go to Blairsville in Indiana. Yeah, world renowned. I don't know. Take it easy, but <laughs> in my world, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to us, I live in a very different world. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was very strange. I went with my girlfriend at the time, and towards the end of the set, you know, everyone had the uh, the puppet masks on, the paper mache masks, and he had everyone pick up like the owner lady, like like crowd surfy kind of style. Like everyone just picked her up, and then we just like paraded around the venue, like went in the back, like, like went a, out the side stage, walked like, around the venue, like went back in, just carrying her. It was like a Congo line, but carrying a human. yeah, yeah, and he was just like. I think I think they were probably doing Three Little Pigs, and so he was like kind of still singing the, that while everyone was marching around. It was the interaction is amazing. It's awesome. You get a chance to see Green Jello. See him. Speaking of Green Jello, uh, one of my recent record purchases was from I can't remember what the place is called, but there's this dude inside of West Side Bowl that has like this little tiny record store in uh, there. It's Cycle Break, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I got the uh, Maximum Carnage vinyl, uh, of course, awesome game for... Uh, I played it on Genesis when I was a kid, also uh, SNES. Uh, has a new version of Carnage Rules, which was on originally on their uh, 333 album. Uh, amazing song, great shit, so that was a great purchase. I was glad to get that. Carnage, also, one of my favorites, one of my favorite villains. Uh, it is Cycle Breakers, okay. Side, West Side Bull. Okay. Yeah. Awesome spot. I got a first pressing of Dead Kennedys. Why did I just blank? I keep blanking too. It's because the mics are on. Kill the Poor. Yep. First pressing of Kill the Poor. 
fucking awesome. UK pressing too. Like, yeah, right? it, was a, yeah. it was a UK pressing. Yeah, it's fucking sweet. I was gonna. That's where I saw the the in the circus leaves town, Caius. But it was, I don't. Know, I, I like support, but it was it was like double the price of fucking Amazon. So I'm sorry, guys. I did it. I bought it off Amazon instead. Kill me. But normally I do support the the record store. So uh, don't get on me. If you want to yell at me for that, though, uh, jollyjellymedia@gmail.com. Let me know how much of an asshole I am for not buying that from Broken Cycle, but instead buying it from Big Dog Amazon. You and also then, said the wrong name. Cycle Breaker. Oh, Broken Cycle, Cycle Breaker. You know, tomato, break, potato. You can argue with me about potatoes and tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Potatoes and tomatoes. I got nothing. When we, when we were there for Bongzilla, <laughs> I, I finally found it. You know, there's another... Yeah, not to already be plugging like other much, much more popular music podcasts, but uh, a little one called uh, No Dogs in Space had a series on um, Patti Smith, and I got really into her for a while, especially Rock and Roll Winner, as we say. No, not especially that song. It's a joke. Calm down. But uh, I found a, a vinyl of a wave there. Patti Smith's wave. Frederick, you're the one. And... Uh, I know you've been waiting for years. I, every time I went to a record store, I looked for it. Mm-hmm. Finally found one. It's great. Love that album. It's probably my favorite one. Also at that show, another epic band that folks should check out, Wizard Rifle. Mm-hmm. Awesome two-piece band, just drummer and a guitar player. And they sound so full, you wouldn't even friggin' know it. Yeah. One of those. A, yeah, I picked up their their first album, Speak Loud, Say Nothing. Excellent. Check it out. I bought the CD. Uh, yeah, they were really good. Apparently that, I don't think the drummer was an original guy, but I'm yeah, not totally is. sure. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, they both are. Yeah. Because like on the art for the CD, they look like totally, like the, the one guy just looks totally different. I don't That's know. because the drummer is going bald. Because he... It's getting older compared to that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, makes sense, I guess. That was like 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. Oh, boy. Hey, 10 years ago, I was probably 20 pounds lighter. I, mean, I can't say anything either. I'm also going bald, so. Yeah, and you're much uglier. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> you're right. Those bags under your eyes, I could go fucking <laughs> shopping at Trader Joe's <laughs> with those things. <laughs> Will you work at Aldi? Yeah, anyway, whenever I got the... That uh, Maximum Carnage and Devil and uh, Avowal albums, because they also played there with uh, uh, Acid, Acid Witch. Witch. Fucking awesome. Nebula. Nebula was great, of course. Trephines. But uh, my favorite there was uh, Atomic Bitchwax for me. Huge oh, Atomic Bitchwax fan. My dad always was. Like I mentioned earlier, well, maybe I didn't. Oh, I did mention I was going to go to Pat Travers with my dad. But, um,. Let's just get into a little bit of what else we've been listening to, and then we can get into the topic at hand, don't you say? So, uh, my dad, you know, growing up, he was into less of the growly stuff, which I got more from my brother, but he was in a lot of, like, stoner and desert and doom and that kind of stuff, and he just, yeah, he's getting older now, he found Christ and stuff, so uh, he gave me a bunch of the CDs he doesn't listen to anymore. Among them was um, uh, Nubat? New, new bat it's n-e-u-b-a-t and it's stoner from spain and the album is stereosaurus from 2006 i can't find much about him there's like nothing on the internet about it 
I think that was like the only proper album they did. They might have had like an, uh, like a self-titled EP or something before that. That's about it. I can't find anything about them, but it's fucking awesome. If you can find it, Stereosaurus, New Bat, check it out. Also, in uh, the stuff that he gave me, I listened to some Planet Gemini, which is some uh, really good Doom from Massachusetts. Their debut, which is like this whole like live recording thing, apparently like... I guess some like some of the music was planned, but like the vocals and like the lyrics were all kind of just like improv while they were while they were doing it. And there's just a solid like live recording and there's a couple little mistakes, but it's a fucking awesome package. And that's called Cauldron of Fuzz. And that is the uh, Planet Gemini again. That was released on Halloween 2002, and also the album Super God Devil Man from 2003. Been listening to that and then. Uh, uh, more gifts from people over the uh, holiday. Cousin Jamie gave me a bunch of CDs um, that he was sent for free just from whatever site he orders off of so much. They just sent him a bunch of free shit. So. Pornhub. Uh-huh. That's it. Uh, Acid King. And there was a Boos. Bussy? Bussy? B-U-S-S-E. Woods. And that's from 1999. I didn't realize yeah. that, that was that old when I was really? listening to it until I was just looking at it earlier. I... I don't know. I assumed it was maybe 10 or 15 years old, but I would have been nine, eight. I would have been eight. How about that? Isn't that fun when that came out? But yeah, that's good. Uh, So yeah, besides the shit that we talked about, anything else you've been listening to? Who, me? Little old you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I listen to music pretty much all day, every day. Uh, Um, um... Yeah, but like new things you've been getting into. Uh, new things. Like newer, or just something you're really into right now. Oh no, I've cycled back into psychedelic witchcraft. They're pretty awesome. Psychedelic, psychedelic soundy guitars, but they also have like some super Sabbathy riffs, which are cool. Sweet. <laughs> so, so it is what it is, just psych- psyche uh, occult rock, would you say? Yeah, it's got the bluesy edge to it sabbathy kind of riffs uh lead singer she's got some killer vocals oh yeah i love a female singer (laughs) 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 these irons are going down smooth (laughs) we will get a sponsorship from iron city before uh before we've been doing this for three months i swear i swear to you this yeah, the only other thing I can think of, really, that's newer, is, of course, uh, Phantomime, the new Ghost EP. But the Jesus He Knows Me Genesis cover, I love it. <sighs> All right. <laughs> We're getting gross. <laughs> <laughs> the power of edits. The power of edits. Yeah, Ghost has kind of been wearing on me, because all these covers, they need to give it a goddamn break with the covers. That's a ghost tradition, though, going back to after Infestissimum. Yeah. When they came out with If You Have Ghost. Well, actually, even before Infestissimum, they covered on Opus Eponymous. Uh, I, I don't have the version with it, but they, yeah, they, but it they was, covered Here Comes ghost, the Sun. Okay. That, that's like one. And then If You Have Ghost, yeah, Rocky Erickson. That's, that's cool. But then you're covering Metallica and Iron Maiden and shit. Like, yeah. They already did it right. Yes. The, the nature of the covers... It's a, it's getting worse. Yeah. Like, this is the only one. Like, I, I've liked everyone. Uh, uh, Pope Star. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All the cover. You know, like we already mentioned, If You Have Ghost. Crucified. Good Amazing. cover. Amazing. Yeah, that's on If You Have Ghost. Bible. 
mm-hmm. good cover. They did did oh, well. Wait. Isn't Bible? Wait, Crucified and Bible are I think are both on um, uh, Pope Star, or, or, or at least Bible is. Wasn't Bible on Meliora? No, but Pope Star is the covers EP that came out right after Meliora. Oh, okay, I got gotcha, And it gotcha. starts off with Square Hammer, which is the only original song on there. Yeah, gotcha. And then it's yeah. And that was like Depeche Mode and If My Ass Crapped Fire, that song. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, but covering Phantom of the Opera. So yeah, so that's it. Like I always loved whenever they covered stuff because it was so ghosty and it still sounded awesome and it was catchy and it would introduce me to, you know, what they were covering, like Rocky Erickson, which changed my goddamn life between uh them doing it and of course prior to that the devil's blood doing it my favorite band um one of them so that's why i always liked it but this but phantomime again excluding jesus he knows me all the covers are just kind of boring or like whatever and then the so they yeah so then they do phantom of the opera by iron maiden and musically it's like really yeah. good like the band gets to shine but it's just it's, but it's so, solid but the vocals are just boring it's you're not adding anything to it you did it arguably kind of worse worse than paul diano yeah did because he there was even that twitter thing where he came out and he tweeted that it sucked <laughs> yeah and then he, he yeah he said it fucking sucks and then he just released another statement talking about not released a statement but was just bullshitting about it press like, release. like yeah call the presses the original lead singer of iron maiden hates this fucking song yeah he was talking about it last week. He kind of said that that was just his original knee-jerk reaction. He said the band did pretty much what we said. The band sounded great. The music was on point. But it was just boring. He just kind of does that thing where he's just talking the lyrics and stuff. And it's just like, it works for a lot of this stuff they do. And it seems like he's doing that more now. He used to do a lot more of the bombastic kind of like vocal thing. Yeah, like... I know he was, like, heavily inf- influenced by actual, like, opera music. Yeah. But he's not really doing that as much anymore, and it's... Yeah, I just I just don't think you cover Iron Maiden unless you have a voice that can... Fucking maybe carry. Maybe do it the same, but, yeah, that can carry, that can match it. Or, if you're Danny Filth and Cradle of Filth and you just squeal it all. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> New they can cover that. that. They can cover Iron Maiden because it's so cradle filth that it's different enough. He's talking about Hallowed Be Thy Name for those that don't know. From the Cruelty and the Beast bonus album. What's up? One of my favorite covers. But yeah, so I mean, if you're going to do it, either make it so different that it's worth doing or just don't add, do it. Add something to it. Add to it. Build on it. Don't yeah. just do the same thing. because Especially if you're putting it out and on an album that people have to buy. I'm not buying an album of covers. Someone else already did it. They, the original, and it's usually better. I'm not fucking buying that. Do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I buy albums of covers. Again, you know, the, the first two ghost ones are awesome. That's all I'm saying. They, do one after, they didn't do one after pre-cal, did they? No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. That's weird. They broke with that tradition there. For Okay. Now, again, the first two are awesome, but eh, the newest one, Well, I, I, get, I guess there's a difference. I don't want it on your main album, though. Mm. Like the actual release of your main album. Like, 
I'm paying. How much money are you shelling out for it? Like, I mean, if you're buying a, a record and twenty twenty five bucks, you're buying a CD. It's a little cheaper, whatever. But still, I'm paying for your music. Give me something original. I don't want what someone else did and you just fucking replicated it. <laughs> I'm getting hot again. Unless it's so unique that it's worth doing. But, but that was the thing about Pope Star, at least that it had Square Hammer on it, which is fucking awesome. Everyone yeah, loved that song. Great, it's a great song. song. So at least it has that on it with the other stuff. But, um, yeah, whatever. All right. Enough bitching about ghosts. You want to get into the topic at hand here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado, let's start talking Caius. So Caius was formed in Palm Desert, California as uh, Cats and Jammer in 1987 by guitarist Josh Homme, vocalist John Garcia, drummer Brent Bjork, and eventual bassist Nick Oliveri, though Nick initially played rhythm guitar uh, with Chris Cockrell on bass at the time. Uh, Caius's original incarnation was known as Katzenjammer, as I said, which is German for hangover. And then they were Sons of Caius, which uh, I guess Caius was something from Dungeons and Dragons, like some kind of undead monster. Brant came up with it. And they would eventually uh, shorten Sons of Caius to just Caius. So uh, Josh Homme describes their sound as a bass-heavy type of sound using bass amps for the guitar and uh, with a philosophy of capturing raw, in-the-moment energy and not second-guessing or overthinking things, musically or lyrically. Brand Bjork in an interview once described Caius's sound, saying, I think punk rock is exactly what describes our music, though, I mean, I, I think we're a bunch of punks playing rock music. I mean, we're not hardcore by any sense, but we're not punker music. Uh, but I think we're four punks playing rock, basically, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it we're, sounds like a punker talking. <laughs> we're a bunch of punks playing rock, you know, the way rock should be played. And uh, so, yeah, Caius gained some early exposure with their storied generator parties that they'd host in the desert, where they'd play for whoever showed up, drink some beers, gas power generators, the the power of the instruments and the amps and everything and uh and that kind of really just kicked off the whole like desert slash stoner sound for for good and uh it's almost a, a shame you could never do that nowadays with the way gas prices are <laughs> oh you said it <laughs> wee-oo, wee-oo. economy commentary from the b-man <laughs> <laughs> skating singer <laughs> <laughs> Gas prices. So that's why George Bush invaded the Middle East. He wanted to keep having generator parties. <laughs> George Bush. Bring back Caius. W. Bush, huge Caius fan. <laughs> yeah, except he liked Queens of the Stone Age more, so his credibility is, you know, questionable at best. <laughs> if only for that reason. <laughs> now, um, if, now, if you want desert, desert gas-powered cool stoner metal parties you got to go to saudi arabia (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately if you get caught having them there they will kill you i can't speak on that (laughs) at least chop your fingers off so you can't you know hold an instrument anymore cut your tongue out so you can't sing anymore can't even masturbate or lick puss Uh uh-huh i don't think you're even allowed to have fun at all i think it's illegal to be a person there really that's a cut. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, classic cut. Treading into territories we should not be in. 
<laughs> so yeah, these uh these generator parties are a thing of legend. Uh, I, I can't imagine how awesome it would fucking be to have been at one of those. Which I assume to be there, you would just have to be someone who lived near them or went to school with them or something. I doubt that they it was really a fan thing at the time, but I don't know. Any any thoughts on generator parties? <laughs> so, <laughs> they they sound cool. So <laughs> <laughs> Are you really asking me if if I went into the desert and someone was playing like fucking metally punk and had beer and probably like a, a slew of other drugs if I would have fun? Fuck yeah. Kind of shit my parents would have me institutionalized for. <laughs> you just wanted a Pepsi. You just want a Pepsi, that's all. Speaking of deserts and Caius, it has long been a dream of ours to rent some kind of convertible muscle car and rip through the desert, just blasting Caius and, and Fu Manchu and... Truck fighters. Truck fighters. Uh, Probably some dozer will make it in there. Dozer. Truck fighters, of course, are perhaps out of all the bands we've mentioned, the most uh, adept and familiar with the desert climate. Uh, being from Sweden and all. <laughs> hey, you can have cold deserts. You have cold deserts? Like snow deserts in Sweden? I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> it could be a desert for all I know. Fuck <laughs> I know. But you can have snow deserts. It's the same goddamn thing. Yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. it's just the, the rainfall amounts and stuff. Yeah. And inches and things. Except they don't use inches there. It's all those... Goddamn communist millimeters and stuff. <laughs> Goddamn communist millimeters. So <laughs> I pretty much only work in metric, so <laughs> Well, you're a socialist scum. Whoa. Better red than dead, you always say. That's your motto. Those are fighting words. Um so in the context of this early uh desert uh generator party scene, Hami describes do you think there was a lot of generator out. sex? Probably. Dude, generator sex in the desert listening to Caius was probably wild. Ooh, I probably the best I, you can find. I probably would have let a dude put his thumb in my bong. <laughs> thumb the bong. <laughs> so, uh, at these uh, legendary generator parties in the desert, um, in the context of that, uh, Hami describes. The pressure in the early desert scene to sound unique, uh, with no song scene. covers. Yeah, yeah, the desert See, scene. No song covers. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Told you. Topical. Uh, of course, they will cover a song, and we will talk about that later when we get to that album. It's just one, though, and it's really good. Kind of unique, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, so anyway... No song covers, no trying to sound like anyone else. And, of course, they would eschew that mentality on uh, and Circus Sleeps Town later. Before we uh, jump into the albums here, take them one by one, um, just overall, I want to say, and I'll send this to you after I say my little piece here, um, just from a top-down overview, what Caius means to me or us, and... Again, they've always been there since I was young. Uh, dad listening to them, the cousins, the renowned Van Horn uh, 
Fourth of July and like Memorial Day keggers that my dad would throw. You know, always here in Caius, always here in Life of Agony my whole life. And um, uh, of course, when I was younger, I was more into the, the growly stuff. And it wasn't until like later in my teens that I really started to digest Caius and and get into you know more stoner stuff, more doom stuff, and really find an appreciation for it. And being a lifelong fan of rock and metal as I am, Caius's influence really can't be understated, uh, especially just helping to spawn an entire genre of, of music that we very, very much to this day still love. And, um, I just think they're very important and I think they're very great. And, uh, I, I, I love it. I fucking love it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. For me, I got into starting out in life, but I, I fucking love punk rock, punk rocker, skateboarder dude for, God, I don't even know how fucking long. Then I started getting into stoner metal, doom metal, and that's when the whole world lost their hearing. <laughs> Especially the neighbors at our last place. <laughs> oh, I'd like to think that I exposed to them a few things. <laughs> but anyways. A couple things. One thing that may or may not be between your legs. Eh. I was merely a person of interest. <laughs> <laughs> for me, like, my favorite time to listen to Caius and where it really drives home for me is driving. It is amazing driving music. I drive all the time for work, you know, oh, yeah. like anywhere up to like eight hours in a single day driving across the country. And just I put on Caius and then I I look down and all of a sudden I'm going 95 miles per hour down the highway. And I'm like, oh, shit. But Kai's is on, so I can't stop. Hear that purring motor. Oh, uh-huh. It's a burning fuel. Uh, I, yeah, I know. That's a very common problem. It's hard to drive the speed limit when you're listening to this, this particularly this kind of music. And Driving fucking stoner metal? Yeah. Like, it's... it's like the deserty stoner metal that just pushes me beyond the speed limit <laughs> into reckless driving charges territory. Now, if I got the kind of fuzzy, sludgy stoner metal going, I'd find myself on cruise control. <laughs> Hereabouts the speed limit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Taking it easy. Nice, even keel. Just thinking about smoking weed. And yeah. Take it easy. Take it easy. There's something about Caius that even when you're driving uh, uh, a Hyundai Elantra or or a company truck or a company, uh, <laughs> what is it, Toyota? Yeah, it's my taco. <laughs> taco. Uh, it feels like you're just wearing aviators, your hair's down, you're in a convertible, wind blowing, hot desert air. I, I know. I really need to buy like... Ripping donuts. Like for pants, I, I need to start buying army fatigues. Uh-huh. <laughs> wearing john white. would approve <laughs> yeah wearing black white beaters and like <laughs> all right well i'm not doing meth <laughs> <laughs> we're not there yet all right so let's jump into it um their first album kaisa's debut album of course wretch released september 23rd 1991 almost a month before i was born unto this earth much like a piece of porcelain from my mother's womb that is the ground. Why is this a joke now? <laughs> what do you think I do? <laughs> <laughs> Take a porcelain. You were talking about it. 
I didn't say shit about porcelain. If it's too much porcelain, then you don't have to do a report on it because it's just too porcelainy. You don't listen to me when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy earlier. I was half listening. Yeah, you're fucking looking up porno. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Uh, so we'll just take it kind of a uh, track by track here. Well, not everyone, but I'm just going to talk about the ones I like the most. The beginning of What's About to Happen, great way to start an album, a little instrumental. Love an album that starts with a little instrumental just to get you warmed up, you know, get your uh, cock wet a little bit. Speaking of getting your cock wet, <laughs> my favorite song is Son of a Bitch. Love you that have song. long legs, long hair, big tits. Yeah. You got a big arse. Uh-huh. But it'll never last. Your parts will never last. It'll never last. Don't you forget about that female listeners out there, of which there are none. Remember, men, stay shallow. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Highway 74, great. Right in the love has passed me by. Amazing. Love that song. So you uh, you mentioned Son of a Bitch, also one of my favorites. Black Widow, great. Cats and Jammer, which I said is a uh, German for uh, hangover. And whenever I buy a in- cat, that is going to be his name. That's a great idea. Is, Don't is, you steal that. I see the wheels turning. It is. No, I was going to ask you, is that after Slippy and Dippy? Uh, yeah, that's going to be my third cat. Third cat is Cats and Jammer. Yes. Slippy and Dippy, they're going to be the loves of my life. What are they like? The Pittsburgh Kitties. It's great. Deadly Kiss uh, is from the Sons of Caius EP that was released prior to Wretch. The Law's good. Isolation, isolation, desolation. I also love that one. Basically, I'm just going to go track by track and say I love the song is what I'm doing here. I think you just like the album. I do. I like it's the, almost I like, like the there's thing. a reason this whole thing exists. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why are we here doing this right now? Which song do you hate? The first one, because there's no words. No, I'm just kidding. You just you started <laughs> out the whole thing by saying it's a great way to start an album. Um... See what I'm dealing with, people? Big Bikes, I got a little story about. Also one of my favorites. Now, if I had to pick two on here, probably be Love Has Passed Me By and Big Bikes. Love Big Bikes. That one's credited to Brant Bjork. God, you're really doing Brant dirty here. What? The Big Bikes? Yeah, then the other one he does is Love Has Passed Me By. It's on that one, too. But yeah, Homie's pretty much on all of these. Uh, Chris Cockrell has credit for Cats and Jammer, as, of course, he was um, the bass player when they were still known as Cats and Jammer. So, yeah, just so that's it. And then the final track is Stage 3, also good. But, yeah, just a, a much more raw, much more, I guess, just well underproduced, but I guess that's what raw means, a version of Caius. And it, that's why Wretch, I think, is like stands out to me because it's it's it's... Similar but different than the other three uh, that would uh, succeed it. And I like that a lot. You just described how most bands evolve. (laughs) Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But but I feel like it still gives... It's still a mainline Caius album, the debut, but it still gives that little window into the Cats and Jammer slash Sons of Caius era. Yeah, it breaks through with... We're fucking here, we're Caius, and we're going to fucking rock your tits off. Uh Uh-huh, no covers. Yeah. (laughs) Made me jump out of my socks. So anything else to say about Wretch? You want to move on to 
The next one? Moving on. Moving on. Oh. Did you match? What? Did you match? Match what? It sounded like a pinball machine. Oh. Whenever you, whenever you match. You were matching a lot at uh, Halicon. Oh, yeah. Even matched on Bonsai Run like three times. Bonsai Run is one of the best pinball machines I've ever played. Bonsai Run is awesome. I clicked with that machine. For a minute, I felt like I was floating. For a minute, I was Green Machine and Bluebeard. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Green Machine... That's one of the that's one of the guys you fight in the, the back screen on Bonsai Run. His oh, name is yeah, Green Machine. Yeah, I remember I remember joking about that. Yeah. Oh my god, it's all coming together. Our little non sequitur <laughs> stories are all somehow coming back and working their way into the Caius narrative. Wow. I feel like uh Caius uh really catapulted more eh, not mainstream, but more into popularity. Uh started getting some more recognition with their sophomore album, Blues for the Red Sun. Which is, as you said, at the top of the show, one you, you just recently picked up. Well, and I guess it is, Jesse. <laughs> I had a choice in the matter, too. I could have either bought Wretch, you Blues on Wretch. for the Red Sun, or Circus Sleeps Town. Mm. I went with Blues for the Red Sun. Uh-huh. Yes. It was a Good gut choice. decision. I don't regret it. I felt that God was there with me when I made that decision. And... um uh he loves me and he loves that record yeah i personally would have gone wretch for the reasons i said earlier when we were talking about that album but only because as mentioned i already have uh in the circus leaves town and welcome to sky valley which you bought for me as well i did that- i did look at me i should have been more fucking selfish and kept it for myself yep <laughs> now it's too late uh, i'm a giver giver nah. A giver, not a taker. Not when it comes to orgasms, though. I don't give those. I don't, I don't give. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would say that probably without actually doing much of any uh, research on at least this aspect or this part of the show, <laughs> I would say Green Machine was probably the first big hit, right? Oh, Green Machine fucking rules. I feel like that was like the first like big kind of more popular hit. I'm not sure if they were getting on to MTV yet or if that was more Sky Valley. But but this is where Caius really started to take off. Green Machine fucking rips. Yeah. Grateful Green, baby. Yeah, so it starts out with Thumb. I want to beers with my thumb. That's fun. Green Machine, as we said. Blues for the Red Sun is, out of the four of them, the most padded out with instrumentals, for sure. Uh, With looking at the track listing, now I'm counting five. Well... Five of the 14 it's, songs it's, are instrumentals. Yeah, Freedom Run. Freedom Run. Freedom Run. Freedom Run. Freedom Run. Awesome. Another good one to, to drive to. Yep. It's a good one. To go unnecessarily fast on the highway. Mm-hmm. Endanger the lives of those around you. <laughs> All because I'm listening to Caius. So yeah, any, any songs here stand out to you? Uh, we mentioned Freedom Run Thong Song, of course, is great. Uh, Alan's Ranch is one of my favorites. It's all you get, you know. Uh, Mondo Generator, great. Mondo Generator, yeah. Also a band. Yes. They're okay. Eh, they're all right. They're all right. Uh, it's Nick Oliveri's band that he started in 1997, two years after the Caius breakup. Okay. So Nick would go on to play in Queens of the Stone Age with Josh Homme, but yeah, Mondo Generator, that's right, was uh was his group, and I've definitely listened to one of them. 
years ago, but I don't remember <laughs> much about it. Yeah, he wrote the song, and then he's just like, well, no need to get a little too out of my box here. I'm just going to recycle <laughs> recycle this thing and keep, <laughs> keep the party going. I mean, come on. Speaking of uh, pioneering desert and stoner rock, Mondo Generator, just the, that combination of words also <laughs> in itself Mondo very Gen- much defines things that uh, stoner rock songs are titled. <laughs> Bands, tracks, all that shit, tough guy. Um, yeah, I don't know anything else to say about this one. Alan's Ranch. I'm done. Okay. Uh, so if I had to pick a little side thought on just the nature of favorites and stuff, I'm one of those guys where if you ask me, you know, it's like favorite thing, it's going to change on a day-to-day basis. I don't necessarily believe in favorites. But for the sake of argument, if I had to pick a favorite album of Caius, I would say Welcome to Sky Valley. It's got uh, Gardenia. Same. Super Scoopa. Demon uh, Cleaner. Demon Cleaner. Asteroid. 100. Oh, yeah, 100 uh, Degrees. Is that a space Cadet. All of them. Conan Troutman. Pretty much all of them. Whitewater. Awesome. It ends with a little silliness of yeah. Lickadoo. <laughs> yeah. Probably my favorite Caius track, Lickadoo. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you can and will lick my doo 57 seconds doo-wop. of Caius Doo-Wop. <laughs> <laughs> Garcia does doo-wop. The doo-wop I didn't know I needed. If only they could have got Dio on there because Dio you know, he he started in like a doo-wop band or some shit in like the fucking sixties or something. Yeah, before he did what elf? Yeah, elf. Alf. Alf. My <laughs> <laughs> elf cover band. <laughs> yes, I was just gonna say. Should be an elf cover band called Alf. And all the vocals sound like this. So yeah. Speaking of ways to start an album, Gardenia, holy fucking shit. If that's not the driving through the desert stoner anthem. Oh, my God. Person, like, just just harnessed into one track. I mean, that's it. Now, talking about that song, and I hope and highly don't think that my bosses are listening to this. One day I had a rental Jeep <laughs> at work, and I'm coming back, and it was I was in the middle of... West Virginia, middle of nowhere. It was snowing all day. And then I had just, uh, I stopped at the bar on my way back. And I had a couple drinks in me. And then I just see, like, a. It was just welcoming me in, was just this open lot with just snow and ice on it. And so I turned on Gardenia. I threw this Jeep Wrangler in sport mode, and I, I had a six-pack of, of Paps Pounders sitting next to me. I was drinking them, and I was doing donuts in the parking lot, blasting Gardenia. The Swedish desert. <laughs> a snowy parking lot. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm so jealous of that. It was a really, really good day. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> eh, if you're going to do it, just... I was wearing doing a, a snowy belt. parking lot. Oh, uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine then. That's all right. I uh, breathalyzed myself before it. I was uh, 0.079, so we're good. Oh, fantastic. Like you're saying, it combines everything, not just like desert and, and, and like stony things like weed. Where are you getting at? But also cars. <laughs> it's uh, credited to Brant Bjork. Apparently a lover of, of cars and driving them in deserts, but aren't we all? But uh, I just I don't I can't think of a, a another such a good ode to just vehicles as this song. 
Okay, well, hold on right there, buddy. I'm going to give you a pump the brakes. Did you forget about the existence of Fu Manchu? No, not at all. I think some of their shit's on the same level about just driving cars. Like, king of the road. Style. Built for speed. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So many times, also, just listening to Fu Manchu driving around driving down the highway flipping people off listening to king of the road because they're fucking going they too, too slow. goddamn slow <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers like you and hyundai elantras let me mm. tell you i know right fuck us so that's gardenia album opener get a little instrumental uh you know as they like to do and of course during concerts it's these in- inst- uh, instrumental tracks uh during which john garcia is able to go backstage and do drugs uh, copious amounts of drugs and top off his glass of mostly straight whiskey <laughs> at least in my experience so that leads us to our next song track three super scoopa and mighty scoop so uh, one of our favorite things to watch is the live version of super scoopa um, from bizarre festival 1995 germany before that i don't I, I can't remember exactly what instrumental track they're playing before this, but, you know, John walks off stage, uh, Mr. Garcia, and he comes back, and uh, I'll splice it in and post here. Don't tell them, just do it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to play it for us anyway so that we can laugh to it. All right. So basically, he comes out, and whatever he did backstage was had to be some kind of combination of uppers and downers. No, it, that's got to be straight methamphetamines. You think? Oh, uh, did you see the way he's grinding his jaw the whole the whole way through? He's lucky he's got teeth. He looked like a oh. goddamn cow trying to eat grass. I know, but the but the slurred speech is that something that's because because the whole slurring and not being able to say a single word is what I attribute more to like some kind of downer. Well, he was drinking, I suppose, but he didn't seem drunk though. It, it didn't seem like a like a drunky slurring. It was just like a really, really fucked up on, all, on a cocktail kind of slurring. Uh, so I'm going to play it for us, listeners. You can hear our reactions. And then uh, I'll, I'll splice it in. <laughs> Look at his jaw going. That's I know. Don't try to take <laughs> does he sing like that? Uh, I wish I could do this many drugs and then go up on stage at like a karaoke night. Like I go to a karaoke night sober and I sound like a fucking idiot. Maybe if I start doing methamphetamine, I can, like, fucking make a band. I don't know. Do you have some kind of inkling on what combination of drugs this man was on? Write in jollyjellymedia at gmail.com. So, yeah, so that's that's very, very fun. We enjoy that very much. Because then he just starts singing and just rips it, tears it up. Beautiful Wouldn't be able to tell. Just he can't talk like a normal person, but he can just sing like a fucking god. Fucking desert god he is. The sand witch. 
Um, Sandwich. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that does exist now. It's probably like a stoner or doom band, but 15 years ago at least, uh, Cousin Seth was talking about how if he had a band, it would be called Sandwich. <laughs> stoner band. Sandwich would it be? Like the... Uh, like a Satan-y kind? Oh, not like... But like in the desert? Not like a BLT? I, I don't know. I, I don't think he... I don't think he's a BLT person. What kind of sandwiches does he like? I don't know. Like a banh mi? Beef on I think wh- he usually gets a pastrami at Primanti's. Beef on whack. Oh, so it might be a pastrami. Pastrami's a good choice. But we also get capicola. That's that's my go-to. But. Oh, capicola is the best you can... That's all you need. That's all you need. At Primanti's, I wish they sliced it thinner, though. Yeah. Capicola should be sliced thin, folks. Welcome to the B-Man corner. B-Man's hard truths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, one more uh, little personal tie to uh, Sky Valley for me, which I uh, can't remember how old I was, but uh, Guitar Hero Metallica was coming out. I was walking through Walmart at the time. And I was walking past the, ele- the electronics section, because whether I want anything or not, if I'm there, I'm going to go to the electronics, look at the video games and shit. And all of a sudden, the, you know, I hear the... Like, what the fuck? That's Caius. Because I had played Guitar Heroes 1 through 3 up to this point, but Guitar Hero Metallica gives a fuck. I didn't give a shit. And then he got kicked out for the boner. So I'm walking past, and I obviously hear Caius. I'm like, oh, okay. So I stop and check it out, and I, I tried playing like the demo uh, kiosk they had set up, but for some reason I couldn't play at that time or something. But... I miss when places had the demo kiosks. Dude, I like, know. Like N64, Dreamcast, all that shit. It was awesome. It was like my parents could go fuck off and do whatever they wanted in the store, buy condoms so I don't have another brother, whatever. And then I just got to play Dreamcast for, for like – Four minutes at a time. Rolling around at the speed of sound. Sonic Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> got places to go, gotta follow my reboot. <laughs> I kind of unironically like that song. It's nostalgic for me. I, lo- I used to love Sonic Adventure. Uh, though for the record, this isn't a video game podcast, but uh, I think Sonic fans nowadays are kind of just like video game hipsters. It's like, eh, nobody really likes Sonic. You're just saying you like Sonic because nobody likes Sonic. Jesse's hot takes that no one cares about. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hard <laughs> <Our> truth. <laughs> um, I think we need a yeah. soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if we keep doing this, I'm, I'm going to get one. <laughs> I want laser beam sounds after I make a point. Oh, shit. Oh, man. I, my slide whistle's upstairs. Oh, we could use that. I gotta go grab that so we can incorporate or, that by the end. The next break we take, I'll go grab it. Or when I make like a being like an asshole, like looming behind you, like the Darth Vader breathing sound. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever done a cut of Star Wars where they just put slide whistle over Darth Vader breathing. I feel like that could work. But yeah, so... Back to it, folks. Demon Cleaner made its way onto Guitar Hero Metallica, and that's very cool. Never owned that one, but I'm sure that was a a Josh Homme and team decision. 
And uh, who knows how much everyone else got paid. But I'm sure Josh Homme made his fucking money. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. And that brings us to the final. <laughs> brings us to the final uh, proper Caius album. And The Circus Leaves Town, July 11, 1995. And, um. Year of Our Lord. Year of Our Lord. Uh, and I have a couple just off the top memories tied to this. My dad had an Ann Circles, Ann Circles, Ann Circus Leaves Town mouse pad, like all throughout, like growing up. And Cecilia Leaves Town. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> that popped into my head. I couldn't. And Cecilia dances by the firelight outside of town. <laughs> <laughs> and Cecilia Leaves Town. <laughs> good one good. <laughs> we're at the bookmark that for a joke later <laughs> for matt <laughs> I can't, we can't even keep it in because no the listeners know what the fuck we're talking about no that's just for us <laughs> that's for me <laughs> isolate that export it and send it to me via email jeez <laughs> uh, oh. daddy whoosh all right okay back to it and <sighs> one two and one and a two and a, so in addition to the dad's mouse pad rodeo when, when i was a kid like really really young <clears throat> i had this uh fisher price microphone like recorder toy you could put a tape in it you record shit it had like two microphones on it very very fun but the quality was so bad on it that it just sounded like a danzig song yeah. Or my Uncle Dave would always like, he would do the, the beginning of Rodeo through it. And that's just a memory I have. So it was a little anecdote to justify my love of Caius and how early it really started, even though I didn't even listen to it one time. I don't believe that but you that's love them. That's a memory I've always had. I thought it was Jamie, but Dave said it was him that did that. So there you you made that up. Crank the record. Prove it. Prove it I made it up. Prove that you didn't. Prove it. I have a screenshot, okay? There weren't computers yet. My brother might have had an Acer. Would you have a Virgin Mobile phone? I wouldn't have any phones yet. My mom had a big brick cell phone shortly after that at some point. But Would she drive a limousine? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> what the fuck is it? Okay, so... Uh, Back to it. By the time this final mainline album was released, Caius was fairly popular with videos featured on MTV. Um, speaking about any fame or, or hype, Josh Homme said in an interview, Hype can only get you so far. It doesn't make people like you or not like you, so we really can't deal with that sort of thing. Because it doesn't do anything for us. It just makes people think you're good, and then if it's not true, everyone's disappointed. It's better if we just forget about that, or it's better if we just forget about what everyone's saying and play. Shut up and play. So that kind of speaks to the nature of the band and kind of their philosophy going uh, behind things. And I kind of feel like generally that's a philosophy that's missing nowadays in a lot of a lot of music. Shut the fuck up and play. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Whenever an, whenever an Opeth does banter between songs, it's funny because Michael's kind of doing, Michael Eichfeld's kind of doing like a little stand-up routine. It's fun. They're tuning. They're getting ready. It's fun. And then he plays... Yeah. Moving on. From a lot of groups that I... That I'll see, like, newer up-and-coming people, like, everyone has to, like, oh, this next song's about, like, falling in love and shit. It's like, I kind of agree with Josh Homme's uh, quote here, and just shut up and play. Yeah, don't fucking... Let the music speak for you. You don't need to... Don't Not everything needs to be preached about. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's some stuff where you want to talk about some things. It's your forum to maybe spread some ideas and whatnot, but, and that's cool, but... Sometimes yeah. it's uh, I've been to concerts where they don't shut the fuck up, and it's like I'm here to listen to the tunes. I know it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. Some punk bands can get a little preachy. That's punk, though. Yeah, that's right. just the nature of it. Uh huh. Because they're singing about politics, and so they're going to talk about it too. Right. You're yeah, just but you're gonna, singing about it. You're already talking about. You're not going to escape it. <laughs> I don't need the the two minute uh, preachy intro to the song about what you're already preaching about. Um, but no, so that's a philosophy I, I, I like. Oh, so we'll, uh, we'll do it like we did uh, with the other albums. Just go through some tracks really quick. Talk about what stands out to us. Um, real quick, I'd already since I already mentioned Catamaran, that they would eventually cover Yawning Man's Catamaran. I'll just say it. Awesome song. Uh, it's the last track, I think, on... No, it isn't. There's a track after that that's fun and it fucks around for a while, but... Less proper track, maybe. Um, that isn't just like a half hour long, like, fuck fest. So anyway, uh, Hurricane, awesome. Amazing. Oh, I forgot to mention, too, really quick, uh, with um, Sky Valley, that would be Nick Oliveri's exit. Enter Scott Reeder on bass. Scott Reeder, again, present uh, for bass on this one. Cousin It, as I call him, the way his oh, that long hair, fucking blonde hair looks. <laughs> hair just flows. Um, so yeah, Hurricane, awesome. One Inch Man also had a, has a music video. Pretty great. About mm-hmm. a man with a one inch cock. And how nobody likes him because his cock's so small. It's pretty fun. The old Boozeroony. We're going to be heading there later. Don't ask why. I'm already Whiskey on bar. my way. Yeah, we're on our way. Gloria Lewis, great. Phototropic, great. El Rodeo, I talked about a little bit already. Fantastic. Johnny, now going to ride for free. All the Johnnies out there. Eh, don't try to ride for free. All of them, Jumbo Blimp, Tiny Ziz. So, um, any any tracks on this album particularly stick out to you that you want to shout out? Shout out. I mean, I think they introduced the album with just one of the, the most amazing song mm. on the album, Side A Hurricane. That like, fucking drum intro. It's just so fucking good. Oh, it's really good. It just gets you ready for. It just primes you for the whole album. It's like. It's like that little button on the weed whacker fucking lawnmower that you gotta, you know, like press three to five times to get her fucking going. Uh-huh. You put that thing on. Whoosh! <laughs> you fucking press me three to five times and we're fucking rocking. <laughs> three to five? That sounds a little generous. Alright, two pump chump. <laughs> two prime. <laughs> Crime? Um, two prime pantomime. But yeah, so that would be the, their final album. An excellent one, but, you know, they kind of just end. So, 
Uh, I kind of want to start wrapping up the topic proper here. I thought you were going to say you were going to start rapping. A boo, a cheeky, boo, a boo, a cheeky. Okay, <laughs> please stop, please stop. <laughs> Yo. This isn't your territory. Word up. <laughs> Yo. My winner. I'm trying to sell you my record. All my winners out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, silly, gumby gold. Um, so, I, yeah, I want to start wrapping up with this thought because I think it speaks to us and our listening preferences and the spirit I hope to capture with the show moving forward. Uh, again, thanks for listening. If for some reason you're here, uh, God help you. Satan help you. Uh, so Hami said once in an interview that when I was growing up with, uh, <clears throat> quote, when I was growing up with music, you couldn't listen to that stuff because there was no speed metal and there was no acceptance from the punk rock crowd to listening to metal. Like, Black Sabbath is a good band, but in my day, it's like, if you were into punk and you listen to Sabbath, someone's going to beat your ass, you know? Just didn't work that way. and wasn't how it worked. Then Metallica came along and pushed everything together, whoever started that shit. So while... Thrash? I don't know. I think just a... You could just listen to different genres of metal. So this is something that I want to say I don't entirely agree with. But then when I when I think back to growing up, it makes a lot of sense. I, like growing up in school, I was like a metal elitist kid. And it's like, oh, I'm listening to the cradle of filth and shit. So whenever you listen to, you know, oh, some 41 or job for a cowboy or something, I, I you know, I'd poo-poo it. I was a dirty little punk. Yeah. Everyone thought I was a little... Little fucking idiot just riding my skateboard, listening to punk, smoking weed, and being an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beer in high school. But in your experience growing up, did you ever remember, like, punk and metal, like, not meshing or some uh, kind of societal pressure oh, that not. they couldn't mesh? No, I mean, we feel like that shit probably happened <laughs> so goddamn long before us that it had already meshed. I think, like, well... Really, it doesn't even make sense to me because Sabbath happened in the like late late sixties, early seventies, and then you get punk rock, which takes some of the, like the ripping and just makes it fucking faster and noisier. Yeah, like, it, it just literally doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I wasn't around then, so I don't fucking know. Right, and of course he's speaking from a you know Palm Desert, Palm Springs area perspective, presumably in saying that, but West Coast. West Coast, L.A., probably fucking punk scene. Right. It's a little more intense. But. And again, I'm kind of, uh, I'm going back and forth here because on, on one hand, I, like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but then I, I kind of remember how, like, uh, uh, I don't know if militant is the right word, like some metal fandom used to be back in the day. and Oh, yeah, that so, was probably. Like, it's hard to imagine there. people getting their asses kicked for lis- to listening, for listening to, like, you know, Nowadays, different genres, but you go to a punk show, you see you see guys with their battle vests on, and they got metal bands uh, stitched to it. You go to a metal show, you got you see guys with their vests on with punk punk bands stitched to it. It's all one. We like all the same shit, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's all grown out of each other. It's all evolved together. So, like, it, maybe it was at a point where they were each ind- independently developing. So there were like two different camps. That's all I can think of. Right. And so they were kind of like fighting for who's what's better, who's more pure and this and that. But then it finally like 
the marriage of both the genres and everyone's like, oh yeah, all this shit fucking kicks ass. Let's all have fun. <laughs> because now we're up against like the fucking Swifties and all this stupid shit. Yeah, well said. I, I would like to think too that some of that kind of merging and that melting away of like certain gatekeeping and, and camping was a uh, Tony Hawk's pro skater. Well, that's like the you know because later in the nineties, you know, you got, you got your uh, NWA, and that's when they started you know going with Anthrax and stuff. But they they, they got punk on there. They yeah, got they Iron punk, Maiden. They got metal. They got they rap. Got, they got it all on there, but that's a little late, I think, to the to the for this conversation. Well, I just mean as far as. It brought a lot of music breaking to, down. It brought a lot of music to a lot fan, of people. Fandom, which yeah. is cool, right? I just think that you know, again, helped to break down some of the walls of like fandom, and that it, it, it's okay to like I mean, uh, myriad things and not just I think one of the have to be you know entrenched into one genre. Like one of the thing, bands that come to mind for me is like the Clash. They're one of the early ones that recognized like how tied together punk and like what the reggae and ska people were like singing about yeah and how related and like yeah the music's different but you're still striding towards the same thing quality equity and just like a better society and that's what it was all about so you know it's again the marriage of genres yeah yeah but yes but i still feel like for a time there there were like Maybe more your uh, Pantera-leaning metalheads that would still just shit on anything that wasn't pissed off and angry metal, you know? Yeah. And I'm but sure those people always, still exist, but I just feel like it's much more it. rare. Before I deleted the almighty Facebook, I belonged to some metal groups where, oh yeah, the gatekeeping is still real. There are still people like that that have to shit on everybody else to make themselves feel better about what they listen to. Mm-hmm. And it's... Still very, very alive and exists. Sure. It's but not going anywhere. I just feel like now more it's just in the recesses of the internet. I don't... Maybe we're just lucky enough in our with our friend groups and stuff that so many people listen to so many yeah, different ask, things, but I just don't see it anymore, go, this kind of gatekeeping, a, thankfully. Go to a casual person. We keep, I keep going back to it because she's here this weekend, a, a Taylor Swift fan, <laughs> and ask them what how they feel about pop music versus like death metal. Yeah. And you're going to get a similar kind of response. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I almost feel like it's kind of different though, because extreme, I mean, I extreme mean, I, music, you yeah, know, I guess you're right. That you know, that's not a fair comparison. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, uh, uh, my music's the most extreme and yours isn't as extreme and you, I, I don't know, whatever. I feel like we can wrap, wrap, wrap up. Let's have any more thoughts on that. It's dumb. People have opinions. Your opinion isn't right. Fuck you. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Let people listen to what they want to listen to. If people heard what we listen to half the time when we're drinking, it would probably discredit this entire show. (laughs) But I don't care. Oh, hell yeah. 15 beers deep, throw on some heart. Let's party. Oh, God. Donna Summer. Oh, my God. Madonna. You're going to be pissed at me, but in Fredericksburg, I actually fa- saw a hot, um, hot stuff record. What? It was pretty expensive, so I didn't oh, buy okay. it. I didn't. Yeah. I, I wanted Ooh. to so bad, and I saw it and was like, oh, shit. 
I need this, but it's a little out of my budget right now. I just paid double rent for because of moving into a place, so my bank account was a little depleted. So over forty, over fifty. How much was this record? I don't even remember. I just saw the I just saw the price and just put it back in. Yeah, yeah. Hot stuff. Uh, uh, Bad girls, hot stuff. Grew up with my mom playing that. I fucking love. I always loved it back then. Still love it now. Donna Summers, you rule. You rule. You fucking rule. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, see, it's still it's still like subversive music, though. Oh yeah, definitely. But you know, if you don't have walls up and you just are open to understanding things, yeah, it is. Yeah, and you like kick ass bass lines. Oh God, we love them. Love them. We love a good bass line. Uh, speaking of Donna Summer. Uh, that HBO doc just came out, so maybe we'll watch that later and not remember any of it. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get caught up on Beavis and Butthead first, though. Um, and some Tim Robinson, Tim. and pizza, and more beer. Oh, God, pizza. Can't wait for pizza. Why are we still talking about this? And I haven't even wrapped up the topic yet. This is this is probably a cut. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get it done. What was the only one I was going to say? Oh, the uh, Four Seasons. It's a terrible Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. That's a good one. We love that one. Bonnie Tyler. Oh, Bonnie. Yeah, so that's why, kind of in a way, I was hesitant to call this just a metal podcast because we're going to talk about that kind of shit a lot, too. I don't know that we'll ever like, cover it as, a, as, as an episode topic, but it's going to come up a lot. So uh, bear in mind, listener, this is an open-minded music kind of podcast and we'll try to stay focused but uh we're gonna we're gonna end up talking about uh elton john and donna summer and not elton john so much we have just because we talked ne- about him earlier we have literally never gotten drunk and played elton john no once. never never it has never happened but he did come up earlier though that's my now, point. boy george but just because of ticket prices boy george yep tell me if he's torn yeah i will i, I, I don't know he he got in some trouble for like chaining that guy up, apparently, and some sex worker dude, and he chained him up, and he was like accusing him of stuff and like hitting him. Did you hear about this? But if we're gonna mention oh, yeah, that, you did tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, I guess we're gonna talk about that little non sequitur. I should mention at some point. Well, hey, I'll just work it into a uh, this little final thought here. So, so after Caius, the the band members will go in their different directions. Uh, Nick Oliveri would rejoin John and Brant for the Caius Live store, in, um, which I saw at the Palace Theater in Greensburg, and that was on December 5th, 2011. Fucking amazing show. They had Bruno uh, Favari on guitar. But as I was saying, if we're going to talk controversy real quick, I should mention Nick Oliveri during the time of this Caius Lives tour. I haven't refreshed myself on it. I didn't do my due diligence and do the research because it's not really worth dwelling on. But I probably should mention he was in kind of some uh, police trouble, some legal trouble for like some domestic abuse charges and stuff at that time. And something with uh, with an assault weapon and, you know, maybe threatening his wife and the cops with it or something like that. But uh, I didn't want to dwell on that too much, though, again, it's worth mentioning. But we're here to celebrate the music we love. Uh, to talk about the bands, give you a little bit of information, but try to focus more on, you know, kind of what it means to us and our anecdotes and our and our ties to stuff. So that's all I'll say about Nick Oliveri's uh, 
trouble. I, I, I don't know if at this point, in the year of our Lord 2023, that has been, if there was ever like a settlement or anything on that, but, um, whatever. So there you go. I mentioned it. Don't write in. But that Caius Lives show that I saw was fucking awesome. And they mostly played circus songs, not beep, 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 but, uh, you know, and the Circus Leaves Town songs. I remember I used to be somewhat of an obnoxious concert goer, especially in my younger years. And I was yelling out big bikes a lot. I really wanted to hear big bikes. Uh, they did not do that. So uh, John and Brant would eventually be sued by Hami and his legal team or whatever, whoever's decision that was, um, for Caius Liv's use of the name Caius. And that sucked. Okay. Yeah, so that sucked. Uh, Hami would continue on with Them Crooked Vultures and Queens of the Stone Age. Brant Bjork's work would continue with uh, the band Che. They did Blue Demon. I'm not sure if they had any other albums. He probably had at least another one. And then he also had some solo albums, uh, Brant Bjork, Black Power Flower. And then he helped Castro take over Cuba. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yep, Che, <laughs> yep. Uh, John Garcia, who... I mean, Brand does a lot of good things, but I'm still a huge John Garcia fan. Uh, Post-Caius, he would do uh, Hermano, Slow Burn, which we love. Unitas. Unita, which we love. Uh, songs yeah. of the Urban Coyote or something about the Urban Coyote. Great album. Um, and then eventually, more recently, he would go on with his uh, own solo albums. And most recently, uh, and most recently, John Garcia and the Band of Gold. Uh, very good stuff. A little note on that. Uh, well, cousin Matthew, our buddy Matt, he might appear on the show at some point or another. Uh, back when he was living out in uh, Palm Springs, he was, uh, walking through town one night and just saw on the uh, little marquee or whatever for at, outside of this pub and all John Garcia was playing. And so he went in and he got to see John Garcia do his solo acoustic set kind of stuff live. And he bought me a shirt and that's terrific. And that's fantastic. So uh, thank you, uh, Matt, for that. Okay. So in closing, I'll read a couple quotes from a Kerrang interview that John Garcia did back in 2018. John said, quote, I feel like the best thing that ever happened to me was Caius breaking up. I mean that, truthfully. I found out really quickly who I was and who my friends were. It was a big blow to my ego, but very good for me to have a massive slice of humble pie shoved down my throat by the big man upstairs. You think you're cool? Swallow this! There's nothing worse than false modesty or humbleness, but it is good to be pounded down to the ground to the point where you have to get up and acknowledge that you want to be a better person. It's happened to me a lot. It's my path. I'm totally okay with it. From the time I was 17 to being 48 now, singing all those years, I can say that I appreciate music, I appreciate life, and I appreciate all the musicians I have gotten to play with. I'm very, very lucky. Regarding uh, the breakup of Caius and the moment it happened, uh, John said in that interview, I don't think about it too much anymore. I'm consumed by things other than regret these days. One of the QOTSA songs is about how the breakup of Caius was merely Josh and I sitting down together at a bar in the Palm Desert, the Red Barn, where Josh looked at me and said, I think we should break up the band. And I just said, okay. It was over in about five seconds, just like that. It's not that I've never told anyone what happened, it's that nothing really did happen. It wasn't this big old fight. It was as simple as two friends sitting together at a band, I, I believe it means at a bar, 
agreeing to break up the band and saying, no worries. After that, reality sunk in and I learned the lessons I spoke about earlier. But there are no big regrets. I'm very lucky to have played with Josh. He's an amazing songwriter and guitarist. So, uh, there you go. Fuck yeah, Caius. So yeah, I think uh, that's it. That's all we have. Hope it wasn't too disappointing. Um, I'm going to... Said that before. Uh-huh. Oh, plenty of times. That's it. That's all we have. Hope it wasn't too disappointing. So uh, I'm going to set up a Spotify playlist uh, for every episode to highlight our favorite songs from the topic, from the group of, uh, you know, topic or whatever. And also just whatever songs come up or that we discussed, um, favorite ones that we picked out. And I haven't done this yet, so I can't say, like, how to find it, but it's probably going to be under something like All Abandoned or All Abandoned Pod or something like that on, on Spotify. Uh, on socials, I am Jeffy Juice on Instagram and at uh, VRacknid on Twitter. I don't really post very much. Now that I'm doing this again, maybe I will start. But yeah, I, th- I think that about does it. We got some, uh, yeah, we got some beers to drink, pizza to eat, shows to watch. What do you say? Any final thoughts? I got nothing. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> uh, again, if you want to write in, uh, you know, questions, comments, concerns, uh, you want to shit on our opinions or some stupid joke we made, uh, jollyjellymedia at gmail.com. So, uh, thank you and, uh, We'll be back probably maybe try to do this like every two weeks or so, but we'll see. We work full time jobs. It's it's hard uh, to plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But uh thank you again. Goodbye. And uh, you know, hell Satan and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All abandoned, a rock and metal podcast, a product of Jolly Jelly Media, is proudly recorded in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All Abandoned is written, edited, and produced by Jesse Van Ragnid. The opening theme music was written by Matthew Van Horn and was recorded by Matthew Van Horn, Anthony Capozzi, and Nicholas Petruniak. You can write into the show by email at jollyjellymedia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.